Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. The comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and today I have a very special guest, Mr. John Lyons, local filmmaker extraordinaire. Say hi, John. Hello. So this is exciting having you here. Uh, I'm excited. So we're talking, uh, since it's Joker's 80th anniversary, which I've said many times now, uh, <laughs> it's uh, we're doing Joker at the movies. Nice. And I figured you being kind of a local <laughs> filmmaker guy, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, we met through our mutual friend, uh, Jesse. Jesse. Who's, uh, you know, an awesome guy. Amazing, yes. Yeah. Um, you as well. Oh, Amazing. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he... You know, he was a big help for you on your film that you did, Unearth. Yeah. Which I'm very excited to see. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and so you and I have met at uh, the Film Grain, which is... Uh, I've seen your work. Yeah. 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 You know, I uh, I do. I dabble. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, we see each other, you know, every so often at, at the Film Grain mm-hmm. uh, events that you guys have for the Bourbon Barrel here in Erie. Uh, which are always a lot of fun, you know. It's awesome. It's great to have that community spirit aspect of yeah. it. Yeah, um, have a good time at the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and we just and we uh, as of this recording, a couple weeks ago, there was Joker, mm-hmm. so we went to that, and that was a lot of fun. And we had the panel discussion. Yeah, the the mental health panel discussion mm-hmm. afterwards, which I was I was very happy with. Uh, I was <laughs> I was a little worried it was going to get a little off the rails, but oh, for sure, me too. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but it was it was a good discussion about yeah. that. Good audience interaction, too. You had some great questions, and mm-hmm. it was good having you there um, to chime in as well. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I found that particular movie to be very um, satisfying to me as a film fan and, of course, as a comic book fan, um, even though the movie didn't follow the comic books really sure, much at all. Sure, not at all. At all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'm I was, really happy to hear you say that. Well, it... it, it you know, I always kind of joke that the first X-Men movie is probably one of the least faithful to the comic books mm-hmm. in terms of, like, look and style and yeah. everything. But uh, it's one of the best. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so sometimes you just have to go against the grain with those. Right. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the different interpretations of the Joker okay. uh, in throughout his film career. Um and maybe even you know what we're hoping to see going forward. Yeah. Um, but first, let's let's talk a little bit about you. Tell us a little oh. bit about yourself. Oh sure. Okay, I wasn't prepared to talk about myself. <laughs> um, I don't ask the guests that enough, so I feel like I should do that. Let more. me see if I can somehow relate this all to um, comics and the Joker. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so when I was young, I grew up in uh, northwestern Pennsylvania, of mm-hmm. course, between Albion and Edinburgh. Okay. Out in the woods, <laughs> out in the fields. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed drawing a lot. Um, that was kind of my first uh, medium for um, storytelling. Okay. I was really into comics. Um, my grandma was awesome. She took me to books galore all the time. Mm-hmm. I had, um, uh, you know, regular subscriptions to series that uh, they would keep there. And, yeah. Um, Man, and I was like such a collector geek early on. Like everything was boarded and plastic. Like yep. even when I was like ten years old or whatever, <laughs> I'm, I'm like ridiculous. Um, and I was always always gravitated, which is kind of weird, but probably not saying it to you and your audience. But mm-hmm. as a very young kid, um, I was really attracted to uh, like the world of Batman, mm-hmm. uh, also Wolverine. Oh yeah. 
Um, yeah, and like uh, really uh, connected to kind of the darker stuff. That's probably like the you know young young angsty kid. Um, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> growing up with a big imagination and yeah. not a lot of ways to express it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really liked like the Rambo movies. So nice. I'd go out in the out in the woods, you know, and fight the Russians uh, every day, <laughs> and put like camo paint on my face. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, anyways, um, through these comics and you know, enjoying drawing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would I would always be uh, drawing comic books, and I would drop them. So they would be either my own Batman Wolverine stories. Mm-hmm. Or they would be um, like my best friend who was my neighbor across the street, Tom Revac. They would be like the adventures of Tom and John. But I would go and I would put them in uh, like the closest proximity neighbors mailboxes Mm -hmm. and let them know that it was like a five cent subscription fee. And then that went up to like 25 cents or whatever, you know, (laughs) so they didn't ask for these. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, I I made sure to, you know, I put a lot of time into these and I needed to get paid for that. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, So that, that was John as a uh, before, before teen. Um, And then when Batman came out Tim Burton's Batman mm-hmm. um, which is what 89 yeah um, you know that was I was 12 years old and that was my world that was like the yeah. biggest biggest moment um, so it was like a phenomenon when that it was came a phenomenon out. yeah there was a, uh, a movie theater in Edinburgh Pennsylvania um, which was the closest theater to me mm-hmm. um, otherwise you would have to go behind the Mill Creek Mall, uh, which is now like a church or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember when it was I remember when it was a theater. Yeah. I also remember when there was a theater in the mall. In the Mill oh Creek yeah, mall. there was a there was two or three screens. Yeah. That's right. Good point. I, I saw Batman Forever in that theater. Oh. Yeah. All right. Was and, that your first Batman? Um I think it was I think in it was the theater? In the theater, yeah, because I think I kind of remember going to see Batman Returns as a kid. Yeah. But also, like, I think I got sick and fell asleep. Oh. Because I remember, like, <laughs> what a shame. I, I remember the opening, seeing like the 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 mansion in the snow. Yeah. And then, um, and then not feeling well. And then the next thing I knew, I was waking up in like the Wegman's parking lot when my dad was going to get groceries or something. You're like, what happened? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I saw the first Batman um, mm-hmm. six times, and that was the most I had ever seen um, a movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was it was a first, you know, for um, exploring the genre yeah. um, in, in mainstream Hollywood. I mean, before that, there had been. You know, the Batman TV series had a movie. Yeah. Um, which is silly and, you know, for kids. <laughs> which was basically just a longer episode of the TV yeah, exactly. show. Exactly. <laughs> yes. As we were talking about before episode, like uh, the, the shark repellent you remind me of and yeah, the yeah. bat bomb and yeah. all of that stuff. Um, it was a riot. I mean, that show, I did skip a, skip a little bit. Um, so when I was going to school, like elementary school and preschool or whatever, um, every day, uh, the the Batman TV series um, with Cesar Romero yeah. um, was in Adam West and Burt Ward, of course. Right, uh, right. That was on TV, like perfect timing. Like I would get off the bus and it would be like 10 minutes later or whatever. So that was a great start to 
yeah. every evening after school, you know, run off the bus, throw, right. throw down your crap. And, <laughs> um, for me, know. it was the Batman animated series. I'd get off uh, the which bus is so good. It was that, so yeah. good. I, I, I watch it all, you know, we, Jesse yeah. and our friend Steve and I, we did a podcast about that. Oh, man. Because that, that holds up. You know, That's a good one. As, That's uh, a good one. You know, Mark Hamill's Joker is iconic. And He's that. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Very good. So these are good things for uh, children to grow up on, right? We turned out okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we became artists. So. That's right. <laughs> um, so then the first Batman and then going through the rest. And I remember I was I was such a huge Batman fan that um, I, I drug some of my friends at the time to Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. And I was such an, a, a huge apologist. Like they were all <laughs> like making fun of it so bad during yeah. and after. I was like, come on, guys. It's pretty good. Come on. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? You know, it's, it's, it's made for kids, you know. Yeah. Give it a rest. But then with, um, you know, growing up, be- becoming older um, mm-hmm. with the Christopher Nolan, um, okay. who I don't I don't know if we need to get into all of this, but I, I see Christopher Nolan as um, a conservative Republican. Okay. And my interpretation um, of his – Batman trilogy, which I love so much. Mm-hmm. I think it's very much an argument for uh, law and order and some some other things that are, um, you know, high on the conservative list. And I see Batman. I remember <laughs> I wrote this. I don't know if I ever published it anywhere, but I wrote this whole analysis of the Dark Knight, um, basically breaking it down to um, Batman was George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've read stuff like that. I remember when the movie came out. It yeah. was very like oh, it's very pro, like you know, uh, pro conservative, pro liberal. Like somebody would argue either right. one, and and I kind of I leaned a little bit more towards what you're saying. Oh, really? Because yeah. I felt like I I was crazy, but I, with the whole surveillance thing, remember that whole mass surveillance yeah. and. You know, it was kind of an argument for yes, this can be dangerous, but you know, there's danger, there's terrorists in the world, and yeah, um, you know. Well, there's also you know the 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 argument against that would was that you know uh, the Joker being a response to Batman. So it's like if you're so the escalation theme of the Dark Knight, yeah, being kind of that you know fighting against George Bush a little bit where it's mm-hmm. like look if you're going to tell terrorists to step up their game they're going to yeah you know it's just like Batman <laughs> tells basically he's stepping up his game for the heroes the villains step up their game uh-huh. to fight back yeah that's, so. that's a good point it was a good counter for sure um yeah so uh again Christopher Nolan then you know around that time of like late 90s um and Christopher Nolan kind of coming onto the scene with uh Memento and mm-hmm. you know uh, Batman Begins and all of these things. Uh, that's that's when I started getting into um, wanting to tell stories again. Mm-hmm. Uh, like The Matrix and Fight Club had a, a big effect on me. As did his early movies. I was really interested. There was like a pattern in like I like sci-fi movies because mm-hmm. um, I I think with those a lot you can. Um, uh, so cheesy. First thing that popped into my head is like reach for the stars in your storytelling, but like <laughs> there's no limits. Yeah. Um. So I think that's why I gravitate towards that genre. But I like films that are um, both entertaining and um, like a social commentary of some kind. And all of those kind of fit 
the mold. You know, the Matrix was such a mashup of um, all these different philosophies and mm-hmm. religions and things that had been done. Um, you know, they, they were paying such homage to all this great anime and, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But as a you know, as a, a kid in, uh, well, I wasn't really a kid. I was in college then, but, um, you know, I didn't necessarily have access to all of that. And it kind of opened me and introduced me to, um, getting into more of that and, mm-hmm. you know, and discovering ghost in the shell, uh, late in, in my movie watching, mm-hmm. um, history was, it's, you know, such groundbreaking material. And, oh yeah. yeah. You know, you got to respect the Wachowskis for, being ambitious and going for it you know in live action oh yeah and and another thing about the matrix since then both of the wachowskis have gone through uh sex changes right and somebody, you watch the the movies now and it's, and, and there's, there's so much more in there <laughs> there is like the feeling of not feeling like yourself in your body in reality or whatever yeah and i i kind of responded to that because when i heard that news i was like I was a little like weirded out at first. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, you know. Um, but then reading these articles and stuff, I was like, you know, what? I, I I can I can respect that. Yeah, there's there's it makes sense. Yeah, I I mean, it totally makes sense what they what they must have been um, going through, you know, mm-hmm. and um, being such public figures, and you know, they were they really didn't like the spotlight. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, such such creatives and uh, you know doing what the art form should, expressing yourself and yeah, being deeply personal in an and very entertaining way. And that's know? and that you know that kind of goes back to to Tim Burton as well because Tim Burton very creative and expressive. Obviously, like his movies are have their own style. They're very unique for sure. You know, there's you you <laughs> watch just a few frames of something and you can tell instantly it's a Tim Burton thing. Yeah. And Batman and the Joker fit into that so well. So well. Um, and that's, and that was exciting to me as a kid feeling like Batman had this unique world that he yeah. lived in. Um, and then it's like, you know, reading the comic books, it's like, well, he's teaming up with all these other characters and everything. But like with Batman and Spider-Man, yeah, I like to see them team up with other characters. Yeah. But I do love when they're on their own, too, because that's when I got to know them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> all no, that just, no, uh, that's, that's all that's all good. Yeah. All, all that to say, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> it's great to see these characters be, you know, used in that way to to express what these artists are going through, which, sure. which is probably what Todd Phillips had something to say mm-hmm. when making Joker you yeah. know, with, you know, mental health awareness or you know how society can kind of create this this or can create this character yeah you know what i mean and um, i love seeing the filmmakers like todd phillips and adam mckay you know who mm-hmm. started off in you know in comedy and, yeah. and very broad comedy um you know high concept comedies and stuff like that mm-hmm. um really get into the dramatic world and bring those roots with them and, yeah. and both of them in a really dark you know, dark and twisted way. It's and, it's fantastic. And and same with Jordan Peele with right. With Get oh Out yeah, and, good point. And yeah, with, you know, Get one. Out and us. Um, so, what do you think? What is it about, in your opinion, as a filmmaker? Mm-hmm. What is it about Batman and the Joker that attracts these incredible filmmakers? You know, like right. like Tim Burton really leaning hard into the fantasy element of it. Right. And then you have Christopher Nolan leaning really hard into the reality element of it. Right. Because Batman fits in both worlds, kind of. For sure. Um, So Uh, what do you you think that is? Yeah, I mean, um, 
you know, Batman doesn't have superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I th- I think that's why he was always for me very more relatable. Yeah. Um, you know, because when you're out in the yard, you can't really take off and fly. And right. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> pretend you're Superman. I know we got a real bum deal there, <laughs> and we can't shoot webs out of our out of our wrists. You know, yeah. it's like come on. Um, yeah, it's no fun. <laughs> it's no fun. So we've got Batman, you know, brooding, yeah. brooding millionaire or billionaire or whatever mm-hmm. that, you know, decides he wants to to do good. Um, no, so I, I think it really comes down to um, law and order and mischief and mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have that inside yeah. us. And it's always... Um, they're always fighting each other. At least I feel like they're always fighting each other internally yeah. inside my my own uh, self. I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, you're well, like I, not not me, John. But yes, I can see that. Yeah, in you I, for I, sure. I see you struggling over there. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a straight jacket while we have this conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the appeal. I think. Um, you know the uh, the TV show very much played on the mischief, sure, um, yeah, and then and if I'm jumping too far ahead, just stop me. No, no, no you know okay. we're pretty free form. Right <laughs> okay. Here, so. um, Jack Nicholson was mischief, but uh, in that lovely Tim Burton sense, um, you know you get this carnival, like this horror show carnival. Yeah. Um, version where you you start mixing in the mayhem where um, mm-hmm. you know it's it's not to the level yet of Heath Ledger where it's like anarchy chaos right um, but it's like a fun loving kind of halfway in between um, Romero and uh, Heath Ledger I yeah. guess yeah what do you think about that progression so um, far no, in I, the characters I, I I definitely agree because there's uh, with Cesar Romero in the in the Batman in the 60s show it was, mm-hmm. it was very much you know obviously made for kids but it was also just so it was the Joker was very much more of a prankster and yes. you know and so he would do crimes but right he, I don't think there was really there wasn't really any, like any like murder or anything right. like that in it no. Like, he would it, just put you in a trap that you right. had to get your way out of. Right. And, so, some <laughs> and he didn't really care if you got out of it because yeah. he was going to trap you next week. Right, exactly. At least he could come up with another, you know, puzzle <laughs> for was, you. To... It was – that's how the episodes always went. It's like the villain did something. Yeah. Batman and Robin <laughs> would investigate. They'd get in some death trap and then yeah. they'd fight the villain at the right. end. Um, villain would always take off. He didn't want to see you die, yeah. you know. <laughs> Like the you know, in the Austin Powers, you know, where they did the send up of that, which is really hilarious. Right, for uh, sure. which I didn't get when I was a kid until I got really into like the yeah. West Batman. I was like, oh, I kind of get it. Yeah, now, you know, and you have a whole other layer of uh, humor there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so there was definitely that, and then Nicholson being more of a, it was there was like a reality to his crimes in the sense that he was part of the mob or whatever. Yeah. But then once he becomes the Joker, then it's just it's it's real crimes but it's also like just enhanced by his his humor and his yeah. wackiness and what he wants to do with it um like announcing his crimes on TV right you know? um right that's right he would kind of hack the uh what the local TV stations yeah, yeah. in those movies so that's right and then and or in that movie yeah and where then like he ledger was just very much anarchy just sending videos to the news yeah. and, and saying you know like 
So it's like by the time you get the tape, those guys are probably probably already dead. Right. You know, but it's but there's some creepy reality to that. That know? really connected with like, you know, the Al Qaeda videos yeah. and, and stuff like that of the George Bush era war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, that, that post nine eleven like fear yeah. that everybody had. Um and then with uh and then now with Joaquin, mm -hmm. it's a little so, the, so pretty much the only crime he does it in is murder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, it's very much starts in kind of a self-defense kind of a way. Yeah. But then he tries to kind of cover it up and hide from it. Yeah. And then and then he just embraces it like this is who I am now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that version, I think, is because um, we get kind of to the boiling point right through the story. Mm -hmm. And s because he is humanized more than any uh interpretation of the character in film right um i feel he's the most dangerous yeah yeah uh, it's uh <laughs> you you kind of see him lose his soul throughout yeah. the film you know and he could be anybody right yeah. you know it's like these other versions you know the romero you never see there i don't think you ever get an origin story for him and in, in the show no. right i don't think you got an origin for any of the characters to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah yeah that's they, true they just jumped right into it <laughs> yeah you don't yeah. ever see him putting on the makeup even or anything like that he right. just shows up and he never looks any other way right at right. least batman and robin you see them changing clothes but right. as far as we know joker is just walking around with uh in this outfit 24 yeah, 7 pretty much yeah <laughs> even when he's in prison he still has the makeup on <laughs> right jack nicholson then we, we definitely get the origin there yeah um your memory is much better what is there were different interpretations in the various comic series right the most widely accepted is the killing joke mm. where he was the failed comedian that okay. you know, put on the red hood costume yeah and fought well, almost fought batman but then he fell into the vat of acid. He came out and he was the Joker. Okay. So there was obviously. So they took parts, parts yeah. of like Todd Phillips's Joker, parts of uh, Tim Burton's. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that, well, that was before all that. So yeah, yeah, so, of course. Um, so yeah, uh, there was a little bit of. Uh, so the new Joker was a little bit of everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, like even the talk show was from like the Dark Knight Returns comic book. Mm -hmm. Yep. And because I thought about that, I was like, somebody's going to die during this. And yeah. <laughs> in the comic, he kills the whole audience uh -huh. uh, with the, the, the Joker gas. Yeah. Um, but in the in the movie, he just shoots he just shoots Robert De Niro, you know. Yeah. Um, which uh, was just as effective, I thought. You know? For sure. <laughs> yeah, it um, works. It works. Um, okay, so... Yeah, dangerous. We get to dangerous mm -hmm. um, because yeah, we get to know the character. Yeah, um, yeah. It's in, it's an interesting idea to um, take a, a villain and make him an an everyman. Yeah, uh, with real world problems. Yeah, where you know he starts just you know very innocently, like the movie when the movie begins. You know he, he's just he's just doing his job and he gets attacked. And, you know, and then as the movie goes on, he just feels more and more shunned by society. Yeah. Until he finally snaps. And, um, and like Heath Ledger's Joker, you don't, you don't, you know, really, he keeps telling different origins. Like, yeah. Oh, this is how I got my scars. This is how I got my scars, which is such a, a cool way to kind of like trick the audience. Like, wait, wait a minute. What's going on with this guy? Right. Um, so it, I think both interpretations are equally scary mm -hmm. and they're also equally real in that way yeah. where you can see sort of the, 
the terrorist version be mm-hmm. like this this isn't a person this is like a force of nature yeah um and then like you see the the human version like the, the joaquin version yeah and it's very much just it's scary because you're like whoa like this this could be like you said could be anybody yeah um that just was just thrown out with the trash you know mm-hmm. and that's yeah they're both they're both very very scary versions of the character going back to 89's uh the tim burton mm-hmm. uh batman i mean there w- you know, it was handled in a much different way, but I was just remembering, like, his girlfriend that he had, like, completely scarred her face. Yeah. You know, just because. Um, there is a lot of dark stuff in there, but it's because Tim Burton is, you know, kind of the master of really giving you these, you know, macabre, dark thing that would be in any other movie, like yeah. any other director's interpretation of the script even. Right you know, would be so much more violent and vulgar, but somehow he's able to tread that line and still, because, yeah, that Joker, Jack Nicholson's Joker is, I mean, he's he's really out there. <laughs> you he, know, he's really messed up and awful. Yeah, he, <laughs> you know, it's interesting where, like, my, my friends and I, we rewatched it recently. I need to rewatch it. it. It's great where, like, the first, one of the first scenes you see him in where he's bribing the cop, um, he, you know, the cop is just like intimidating him or like not intimidating. He's, he's just kind of putting him down uh-huh. and you just see like his eye twitch a little bit. Hmm. And uh, it's just like, so this guy always had that crazy in him. Yeah. But when, you know, he fell into the acid and he yeah. comes out, he's the crazy's out now. It's yeah. Like, you know, and there was a joke uh, I saw, like, I think it was when the first Joker trailer came out. It was like 1989, creating the Joker, throw him into some acid. 2019 creating the joker just throw him into society <laughs> i was like i was like there's a little bit of truth to that <laughs> yeah for um, sure did you uh i don't know if people you just reminded me because i remember um uh jack nicholson's joker squeezing squeezing his flower and it had the acid in it yeah yeah um i don't know if people notice i'm sure you you have but mm-hmm. right at the beginning of joker uh, when Joaquin's on the ground oh, there yeah. after he gets hit by the uh, yeah his his, the fl- sign. his, yeah, his he... flower leaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, he actually when I saw it the the just this past time, which is probably the fourth time I've seen it, mm-hmm. he does go into his shirt with his one hand, so he is doing that himself. Oh, he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. He's like laying there. Yeah, watches because he's got one hand uh-huh. out. And then I think it's the other hand, and he brings it into like his vest, <laughs> and then it starts coming out. So it's like, is that for us? Is that for the audience? <laughs> you know, like that's funny. Who's he performing for there? It must be us, right? It must I, be meant for us, or is it his own amusement? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, that, that's interesting. <laughs> that that movie's full of those uh, mm-hmm. those weird little moments where uh, I I noticed a lot of it more times. I like, more time I. There, Excuse me. The more I watch it, the, yeah. the more I kind of learn from it. And like the second time I watched it, one of my favorite bits in the film is when he's talking to the cops outside the hospital. And then he's like, you know, I got to go take care of my mom. And he tries to go in, he's like in through the exit and it yeah. won't open. And I was like, I was like, I was like, ah, that's, that's got to be deliberate though. It's like this like metaphor for the movie a little bit, right? Like right. he's uh, the, you can't go in that way. That's the wrong way. Yeah. And then he gets let in that way anyway. Oh man. Um, yeah. Good point. Yeah. A little bit of eerie, eerie film trivia for you. Okay. Um, one of those officers is played by actor Shay Wiggum. Um, the guy kind of has the little pompadour haircut, not the older gentleman that was in the leftovers and a lot of stuff too. But yeah. Um, 
I used to do a film series at uh, Edinburgh University called the Edinburgh Film Series. Okay. And the second big event we had was this Sundance darling uh, film back mm-hmm. then called uh, Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. This is probably 2006. Oh. Um, I think and, I've heard of that, actually. Yeah, and Shay was in it, and okay. we brought Shay out. Mm-hmm. And now, like, if you look up Shay Wiggum's credits, he's in everything. He was in uh, Transformers movies. He's mm-hmm. been in Terrence Malick movies. He is absolutely, I mean, he was in Boardwalk Empire okay. for Scorsese. Cool. Um, yeah, he's he's huge. He's and good. he is the nicest dude ever. Um, <laughs> I, I send him, like, our scripts to read, and I'm going to send him Unearthed soon to get his, um, you know, get his thoughts on it. But mm-hmm. he always re- replies uh, right off. He's a really cool dude. That's so, anyways, that's... Shea Wiggum, every time, like, yeah. uh, Dorota, uh, my partner and wife, um and filmmaking partner, mm-hmm. uh, see him in something. We're like, oh, there he is again. <laughs> <laughs> Shay is everywhere. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, you know, there's something interesting about these these characters that, uh, with Batman and the Joker, that they attract, like, you know, these, these great filmmakers, mm. but also really great talent, too. Yeah. You know, you have somebody like Joaquin Phoenix who, you know, is that is that the point in his career where he can pick the movie right. he wants to do? And he turned he turned down like Doctor Strange because mm-hmm. he didn't want to do a multi film thing. Right. And then they were talking about the like, Joker, and they're like, and he was like, no, this is going to be a one off. That's part of the reason he wanted to do it. But yeah. Also, I saw an interview with him where he said, like, towards the end of the shooting, he was like, man, I I kind of wish we were still shooting because like the he found the character so interesting and uh, challenging. Yeah. Um, and I know Nicholson was kind of the same way where he was really into it back in the day Mm -hmm. um like uh and there's the whole story i don't know if you ever heard this or not Mm. where uh the producers offered it to to several people uh one of the people they offered to was john the first batman yeah okay was john lithgow okay john lithgow said no Hmm. because who the hell is going to go see a batman movie (laughs) and he found out and then like when the movie came out he was really embarrassed that he'd ever said that sure um but then uh so they went to nicholson and nicholson Mm -hmm. was like well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. You know, probably wanting to squeeze some money out of yeah. Warner Brothers. Uh, and, but then. What a home run choice. Can well, you imagine approaching Jack Nicholson? Yeah. I <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I wonder <laughs> how much convincing it, it took. Well, I think uh, what, what, what they ended up doing was they, when he was kind of on the fence, they went to Robin Williams. And Robin Williams was going to do it. Yeah. He, back then, I, I, I would have thought. Yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. But he, but Robin Williams was like, but then they told Nicholson, they're like, we're going to give it to Robin. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'll do it. And they're like, okay. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> Robin Williams was pissed. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure. I, yeah. I mean, especially after, after the fact, right? Well, I'm sure. Uh, but, but I, from what I've read that Robin Williams was a big, he was a big geek anyway. Like he was actually really good friends with Christopher Reeve. Oh, um, so he was already kind of so, excited about the world. And right. So he wanted to do it. And like when Nolan was making his Batman movies, he was chomping at the bit to be in one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he and Nolan, what was it? Uh, Insomnia? Was that the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, the good one. Yeah. Another uh, comedic actor, great in in dramas. He's he's done a few, you know, uh, or he did a few. Robin Williams that were fantastic. I, when I was listening to one podcast, they said that they were they were talking about Goodwill Hunting, and they mm-hmm. were like, I think, and they, the guy said, I think Robin Williams is better at drama than he is at comedy. Hmm. And I thought about that a lot. <laughs> I was like, some of his better roles have been the dramatic ones, yeah. um, for whatever reason. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, the, these this, these characters they attract really fantastic actors to. Yeah, them. you know Heath Ledger at the time, the same thing where he was such a he was like a star on the rise kind of. Yeah, and uh, like he'd done Brokeback Mountain, which was really great. Yeah, um, and then they offered it they offered him the Joker. And I think he and Christopher Nolan got along so well, he took it yeah. all, like instantly. He was like, "Well, yeah, this sounds great." Yeah. And there's a whole what a performance. It, it's uh, I I remember reading a review Kevin Smith wrote where he said he Ledger doesn't necessarily give a performance. As yeah. Much, as much as he disappears into the character. Yeah. And I thought that was the best way to describe that it. That is that is a perfect and a great compliment. Yeah. yeah. And you know, which is sad that we never got to see him in you know he because he probably would have been in like the dark knight rises right. or whatever um yeah and he had uh he passed before it came out right he he passed uh that the january 2008 yeah yeah we were uh so sidebar because mm-hmm. um, it was huge huge in the industry right yeah. um he this was coming off of brokeback mountain right. and um you know he was definitely on the rise to be a superstar mm-hmm. um Erica and I, uh, Erica, the president of the or the executive director of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, and Dorota and I, we were in a condo in at Sundance okay. uh, when uh, Heath Ledger died, mm-hmm. and it, you know, like the the town stopped, the festival stopped, and yeah. everybody was just like, "Holy cow!" You know, yeah. like and uh, unbelievable. It, it it was it really was. Uh... And I remember going to see the movie and so many people being like, oh, yeah, like, I can kind of see why he killed himself. And oh, I was like, man. I was like, that's that, – I was like, it's so much more complicated yeah. than that. Like, I don't – and I don't think that's what happened. I think, you know, from the stories I've read and everything – He's like, an actor. He's a professional. Yeah. He, he had other other things going on in life. Totally, yeah. And like, yeah. He, he had trouble sleeping. And that's, yeah. That was part of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. He took too many sleeping pills. Yeah, bills. the cocktail of, yeah, yeah, whatever he was consuming. Right. Um, but yeah, it draws. I mean, you know, the the TV show was, you know, just a one note character, right? right? Yeah. But I think it it you know when you have great filmmakers, um, you see the potential in this character. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think in the in the comics and graphic novels, um, and maybe there were spinoffs that you know of, but did they ever kind of? dive a little deeper into the psyche of of this character um there's yeah there's uh there's you know like uh this one graphic novel called joker it came out like right after the dark knight came out okay and it was kind of in the same vein where it's like a little more realistic and it takes place entirely from one of the joker's henchman's point of view oh that's interesting and he sees kind of how the joker operates where he's very very unpredictable and very scary in that sense and mm-hmm. why everybody in Gotham is so afraid of him. Wow. Even even though even his own people. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and like Batman is the, one of the cool things about Batman's barely in it. Uh-huh. Uh he's only in like a few pages. Yeah. Um wonder if Todd Phillips uh read this. I I, I think he must have um <laughs> mm-hmm. because there's a little bit of that in there and I think about the scene where you know he killed his his old friend from the, the clown agency mm-hmm. uh, well, I guess he wasn't really his friend you know, he got fired but right. yeah <laughs> but uh, that I thought about that a lot like especially on the way here it was like you know the interesting thing about that movie was he's very much the Joker in makeup like, yeah um, 
it sounds obvious, but let me explain. So, <laughs> like every time you put on the makeup, the it was a little bit like Batman putting on the mask. He can be a little uh-huh. freer, be more himself, quote, quote unquote. And they had that written into the into this graphic novel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, where it's well, I mean, in that he's very. Uh, like he he's like he is in some of the other incarnations he's always white mm, uh, so i think okay. it, was, it was more just he's in his element gotcha you know around like criminals and such and mm-hmm. causing chaos around the city or whatever yeah um and there was another one that uh it it's kind of a pseudo sequel to like batman year one okay. called, called the man who laughs uh, it's one of my favorite didn't read that one. Oh, it's it's really good it's one of my favorite joker stories um it's actually it's actually not that it's fairly recent. I think it was like 2005. Yeah, I was um, out of the comic game. Uh, yeah. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, uh, it, it's uh, so it's like the rise of the Joker, pretty much, mm. and causing chaos throughout Gotham City, and um, and they and there's a really good line in it when Batman says, "I wasn't prepared for this. I was gonna fight, you know, regular." I was going to fight thieves and murderers yeah. and rapists. And, yeah. And People the, you could understand a little better. Yeah. And this guy's on a whole other level. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Uh, and I like that because I think there was a little bit of that in the Arthur Fleck Joker, mm-hmm. you know, where he like, you know, he says, you know, is it me or is it getting crazier out there? It's like, it's like, well, maybe it is, but it's also, he's not reacting to it well, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. he kind of, when the chaos starts, he just, kind of embraces it at the end yeah. you know like okay I'm fine with this now this is how this is the world now yeah um, and uh, yeah that you know like I said him having him putting on the makeup he become that's when he could really become the Joker yeah and, uh, there's a moment in the the man who laughs where Bruce is infected by the Joker toxin oh yeah and I think Alfred cures him kind of at the last second so he doesn't like turn Probably uh-huh. insane, like some of the other villain or some of the other uh, victims do. Yeah. Um, but he's he kind of he says to Alfred, he's like, I get it now. I was in his head for a minute. Yeah. You know, and he sees kind of the twistedness of it. You could and you could really get it in this new film, like if there is a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, because now you've experienced, you know, this trauma and this discomfort and awkwardness in society all the time. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. the the lady with the kid in the bus. Yeah. You know, and he has to hand over this card and he's just so embarrassed and it's just so painful for him to laugh. Yeah. That as a villain, you know, he would want everyone to by extracting exacting his revenge or whatever with this mm. nerve toxin laughing gas that yeah. you would want. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, now you get get a taste of uh, what I've been going through, yeah. you know, my entire life. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a one of the things I really liked about the the newer film and I, and I had said this before in other episodes was they kept the ambiguity of the origin a little bit where even though you know his name and you've mm-hmm. seen his face or whatever um, you still don't quite know where he came from like, yeah. was was he adopted like Thomas Wayne said right. or was he just you know was he his son or yeah. what was the deal there because he's an unreliable narrator yeah protagonist so yeah I, I, I would I, I don't know if I necessarily want a sequel as much as I want something else in that world okay you know if you tell uh-huh. other stories with other batman characters yeah and maybe uh, touch on a, give a little more nugget of information yeah. on joker because i think that mm-hmm. this movie like you said being the unreliable narrator yeah i, I i'd like to preserve that yeah you know, i so. i do too i don't need all the answers yeah. a lot of people do yeah but <laughs> which I think is it, tough it, as a creative right to uh yeah 
be up against, uh, hey, it's okay to have some mystery. It's all right to let people fill in some blanks themselves. Well, you know, the it's funny we're talking about these different aspects of the Joker. Um, or something I was, I was going to show you before we started recording. Hmm. Um, what do you cool. got? Uh, what do you yeah. got there? It's a uh, it's something that I've seen online before that I think is really interesting. The the different uh, takes on the Joker. Like for example, okay, so the, the first one's uh, Jerome from the Gotham TV show. Okay, which like, I haven't watched. Yeah, apologies. But they they're they each like are one aspect of the Joker. Uh, I feel bad now. We have not talked about Jared Leto <laughs> oh, at no, all. We haven't. <laughs> oh I thought about that a minute ago, but um, I did not even until you showed me that picture, which is cool, by the way. Yeah, I just watched that last night. But <laughs> I'm sure it'll be in the show notes or something. You'll link link to that photo yeah, yeah. so people can check it out. Yeah, it's. Uh, but the one one of the ones they the one the main one they skipped, I think, was uh, Mark Hamill, which I think. Oh every, yeah, that's a good yeah. Everybody always argues it's like yeah, each of those guys like if. Uh, Jared Leto's the psycho and mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson's the gangster. It's like, now Mark Hamill's the Joker. Like, yeah. he, he did all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. with just his voice. Uh, which, unfortunately, is a type of acting that gets underrated a lot. Right. But it's, I mean, it's acting. And, you know, it's it's funny hearing stories about him in the recording booth where he would stand and shake his fists. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, there's one story where, uh, I guess, the, act, the actor who played Robin, I was at a panel and he was talking about it. He was like, if we had... If I knew there were going to be five people in the booth that day, <laughs> if there were only four chairs, I knew Mark was going to be there. Uh-huh. That day. <laughs> um, which you know, which you know, you can kind of tell he's throwing everything yeah. into that performance. You can tell he's a he's a person that loves his job. Yeah, and which is obviously incredibly important. <laughs> yeah, it comes across. Yeah, comes across in the work. He has uh, a lot of passion, and he did such great thing. That series was fantastic. It, I mean, it, it you know, like I said before, it, it definitely holds up. But, yeah. And I would always argue for it. Um, We're it, still not talking about Jared Leto or <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, it's like I, I just rewatched it last night. And I think that thoughts. Like, How many times have you watched it? Uh, I'd say maybe like five. Okay. Um, I've I, seen it once. I enjoy the movie. Um, but I think that with. What do you think about the Joker in that movie? I, I think Jared Leto was underutilized because he is a great actor. A hundred percent agree. Um, where he's. He can Joker's barely in it. Yeah, so that's that's a big problem. But it's also that I think he's as great of an actor as he is. You also need to have him reined in a little bit because there's so much that he was doing that it was a little too cartoony. Well, he's um, wearing it all. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah he's, he's he's got quite a design in that. And film. you know, and I would say kudos for the design <clears throat> choices. You know, like mm-hmm. hey, it's, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It's so that's it's a, cool. It's and, a new take, and I I can dig that. Yeah. And, but the movie was more obviously more about Harley and her journey with the, the rest of the Suicide yeah. Squad. But you can't. Um, I think. Uh, sorry to jump in. Oh, go ahead. I, I think the mistake with Joker is like he's so iconic. You can't put him backseat to anything. Yeah. Like either you don't put him in that movie. Mm-hmm. Or you put him in that, like you really put him in that movie. Yeah. Well, that's well. I guess the you know that I guess that was the original plan was they were going to make him the main villain. Okay. And then what happened? I the, somewhere along the lines they shifted when they were writing the script and uh, they wanted to have a more fantastic kind of thing. And gotcha. it's like, I was like, I think with these characters, you know, getting into the movie just a little bit, it's like you shouldn't give them the superhero <laughs> ending. They're all the bad guys. Right. It's more in, to me. I think the movie would have been more interesting if. All this was going on during the events of Justice League. 
Hmm. So it's like they have this like side mission yeah. where they're on the outskirts of that. Yeah. Um, it also would have been kind of a funny tease for the Justice League movie because it came out beforehand. Yeah. So it's like you don't really know what's going on in that part of the story. Yeah. Um, other than maybe just seeing like quick glimpses of Batman's cape or Wonder Woman's lasso or something. <laughs> yeah. And then like, yeah. and then they're just like doing their thing and then they go back to prison at the end of it. But yeah, um, WB and uh, DC have, have proven that they, they, do not really know quite how to handle the ensemble yeah. uh, comic movie yet. Well, yeah, the the solo stuff they do pretty well with. Uh, yeah. Well, Birds of Prey. Birds really of good. Prey. I, I yeah. Birds of Prey. I, sorry. Yeah. So, Disclaimer. I I I did like Birds of Prey. I yeah, I think I have problems with it. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't perfect, but it was for me like you know five times better than Suicide Squad. Well, that's that's the but that's the part of it, isn't it? Is that keeping the Joker just on the outside, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of helped. Yeah, he was not in the movie, but yeah. you know, it's it's her story. It's right. clearly her story. Yeah. He was a distraction in Suicide Squad because um, I wanted I wanted more if he's going to be in there. Yeah, you know, and he's such a gaudy, interesting uh, design as you talked about already. Um, yeah. he he sucks the oxygen out of the room. You know, the other guys are all kind of, except for Harley Quinn, which is why she got her own movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Margot Robbie's fantastic. And for me, that was really the only character that the writers were interested in or the directors (laughs) were interested in in the film is how I went away from it. I'm like, I I can't keep the names of any of these other characters. I know you do, but for me... (laughs) I'm like, I don't know the names of any of these characters. I just say the Will Smith guy and the, you know, it's like I don't know. They were it didn't work for me. Well, you know, it just it it's a very flawed movie that the beginning of it where they're giving kind of the origins of all the characters was probably the best part. Yeah, it was. And and there was like a tease of like a Batman Joker mm-hmm. Harley fight. Yep. Which obviously again is not what the movie's about. Yep. But um in that situation, though, I will say that I think it was okay to use Batman as sparing. Yeah, Batman did. worked as as just kind of a shadow on the outskirts. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, Joker, uh, I don't know, can't do it. Well, yeah, I I agree because he's he, too rich. It's there's a he's got to be that force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, most of these most times you see him in the in the movies, they're really that's really what he is, you know, and um, you know the. Like the Dark Knight, uh, you know, I read stories where it's like with the screenwriter David Goyer, he said the protagonist of the Dark Knight really is Harvey Dent because mm, oh yeah, he's, sure, he's the only one that really goes through an arc. <laughs> yep, um, agreed. Yeah, and, and the Joker is just a force of nature, just plowing through it. Yeah, um, and same with uh, the '89 Batman. I always kind of joke, I'm like, is I I will defend '89 Batman to the death. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, but it's also unobjectively not a great movie <laughs> because it's it's just stuff just kind of happens sure there's no real plot right you know <laughs> yeah but it's still like so much fun to watch yeah it's tim burton playing in the sandbox with his batman figures yeah, yeah. pretty much yeah. um but then you know you get you know that that joker in that you know again just a force to be reckoned with in gotham city yeah um and that's and then again with arthur fleck you know where he doesn't even realize his potential until the end of the film yeah where you feel you feel like you know he has the the bloody lips at the end it's like oh this now he's the joker yeah like you know he's yeah. he's embraced to this lifestyle now yeah um i'm th- curious who who's your favorite joker <laughs> of the live action <laughs> of the live if action. we take mark mark hamill out of the equation 
I I would probably give it to Heath Ledger. I think I would too. Because I think he, as menacing and terrifying as he was, he did actually have some genuinely funny lines. Yeah. Which I think the Joker should have. Not that yeah. Nicholson didn't. But, um, like, you know, one of my favorite bits is right at the beginning when he uh, he's threatening the mob or he's, he wants to team up with the mob and then yeah. he has all the the you know grains in his coat pocket mm-hmm. and they're just like you know do you think you could just steal from us and walk away and he says yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just uh yeah i think he walks the line really well and i think that's what i like about nolan's movies too that mm-hmm. uh, like i said it's entertainment and it's also you know like giving a social commentary of some kind i i definitely agree that that's that's the best type of uh of entertainment i think where you can um, you know, and I've said this several times, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was great at that. Like, yeah. very uh, human stories that you can hide under this supernatural mask. Mm-hmm. And I think comic books do that very, very well. Uh, like, I was reading a comic uh, and I was just like, this is like huge bombastic stuff. Like, Batman is in armor riding a Joker dragon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's, okay. he's like, because he was in another dimension and he's come back to fight. And, um, and then there the writer of that was like, you know, that story is really actually all about depression because like Batman gets in a tough spot. He can't get out of it. Huh. And the Justice League comes to save him. They pull him out. Yeah. And I was just like, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Uh, I Sidebar, I, I'm really looking forward to somebody doing a proper like Batman aging retirement, I think, is, is a part of the story that hasn't really been tackled correctly yet. I remember... I remember when I was a kid and I first read Dark Knight Returns, I right. was like craving yeah, I loved it. for like Harrison Ford to be Batman. Yep. Yeah. I think he I still think he'd be a good I thought Clint movie. Eastwood too back oh, then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so I did have one question sure. for you. Um if you were to cast <laughs> a Joker in a movie, yeah. who would you cast? Uh I have a couple for okay. you. Um so have you seen that? Um, do you watch the show Atlanta? Uh, I've seen bits of it here. And okay. There, yeah. Well, you know the actor like Lakeith um, Stanfield from yeah. there. Yeah, he's from Get Out too. I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know he wants to be Joker big time. Have I, you heard I, that? I, yes, I have. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about that. I feel personally, um, uh, Donald Glover from Atlanta. I think he has more range. Mm-hmm. Um, and after seeing like his music videos for like, this is America, for example, and kind of, you know, where him and his team are at as far as social commentary and, uh, you know, getting into some really important kind of dangerous territory. I think I would like to see a Donald Glover, um, version. Mm -hmm. I also one one more to throw out to you as a bonus. Sure. Sam Rockwell jump, oh, jumps jumps yeah. into my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's Rockwell's got this like kind of manic energy about him. Mm-hmm. I think about him as the villain in uh, Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Like he's yeah. <laughs> dancing around and everything. Yep. And um, then Jojo Rabbit, he's like, you know, he's kind of doing this drag Nazi thing by the end of the movie. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's like, I think he could maybe get back a little, like if they wanted to go a little bit, closer to like the Jack Nicholson not do so dark. Yeah. I think Sam Rockwell for me might be a, a perfect kind of like counterbalance to the darkness that we've had in the Batman I, world. I can definitely see that. I'm not too sure about Donald Glover. <laughs> mainly because I, I I don't know, I, I might 
I don't know if I would buy him as a villain. Gotcha. Um, so, but uh, but I do respect your. Of course. Your, your, your I want to hear yours. Uh, mine uh, that uh, would be uh, Evan Peters uh, from Evan Peters. American Horror Story. He's, okay. Uh, because I think that. Let me look him up here. I think he has the range to pull off the kind of the derangedness, but he also can be the quiet psycho. Oh, is he also the guy that can move around in time in X-Men, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, <laughs> then I know. He, yeah, he would be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, I, and he has a dark, dark edge. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the different American horror stories. Are, I don't always like the seasons. But, I haven't, I've only seen the first one, so. Yeah, but uh, that was my favorite. Okay. That was the first one, but he's he's in, I think he's in every single season. Okay. He plays, he I don't remember, I'm sorry. Different, that's right. Um, but yeah, he's, that would be a fun one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was in Kick-Ass also. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was just one of the Kick-Ass's friends in that. Oh, okay. Uh, he didn't actually okay. like, do anything. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, but, uh, you know, John, this has been a lot of fun, you know, talking. It has been, man. Yeah, so. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was cool. So we'll uh, we'll definitely want to get you back here at some point. And you as well on the Film Grain podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, if you want to do a quick plug for the Film Grain podcast. Oh, sure. Um, so the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania, we have a podcast that's not just about film, but mm-hmm. we also have creative entrepreneurs um, in Northwestern Pennsylvania or who have connections here um, as guests on our show. And we talk about, um, you know, tips to get through the industry, whatever your industry may be, and ways um, that we can work on uh, improving the situation here in Erie for creative entrepreneurs and society as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great one. I do like listening to that one. Thanks, so man. you know, I'm always for the local stuff. You know, of course. I know. Uh, yeah, but uh, but thanks again, John, and uh, and folks, we will see you soon. And remember, if you gotta go, go with a smile. <laughs> Joker.